Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ho, 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 hello, and welcome back to Bat Humbug, the Christmas movies podcast that would quite like a bat belt for Christmas. Thanks very much. That sounds lovely. Uh, Today, we are talking about Merry Little Batman, which is a new animated film. It comes from Mike Roth of The Regular Show, and uh, among other people, stars Luke Wilson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Eunice Kibrib, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, I hope I am, as Damian Wayne. Um, James Cromwell as Alfred, David Hornsby as the Joker, and a who's who, after briefly being a who's that, of Batman villains around them. And uh, with me today to discuss this animated seasonal joy is Chris Hewitt of the Empire Podcast. Hello, Chris. Ho, 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 Helen. Ho, ho, ho. How are you doing? Do you really want to get into that, Helen? Do you really want to on a Christmas podcast? Probably best not. Let's let's draw a veil. Let's draw a ficky fail over the whole thing. <laughs> ficky fail. See, wordplay. Oh, wordplay. Amazing. I'm already. I'm already a glutton for punishment on this podcast. What's it called again? Bah humbug. Thanks so much. Yes. Yes. I'm just reinforcing it for the listeners. L- listener, listener, but you know, listener, we, we try. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> hey Bob. Hey Bob. Uh, that is actually a for all mankind reference. Well done. Is it? It is. I was going for like a kind of not great Bob kind of thing, or maybe like a kind of like a, you know, Bob Kane, mm-hmm. the co-creator of Batman. Co-creator of Batman, which yeah. brings us back to Merry Little Batman. See, um, this oh. is what happens when you hire a pro. You get a pro on your show. I will always bring it back to, looks at writing on hand, Merry Little Bateman. Fantastic. Uh, in which a young Jason Bateman, as far as I can tell, is stranded at home and has to fend off some supervillains for some reason. I was it's a bit confused. A young Patrick Bateman, actually, young Patrick. Uh, learning all about Huey Lewis and the news. You know so. what? You're actually not that far off because uh, <laughs> Damien Wayne is a psychotic little SHIT. I'm not going to swear on this podcast, Helen. This is Appreciate a Christmassy it. podcast. I know that Santa listens and I want to be on the nice list. So there will be no cussing from me. But he is an S-H-I-T, if you know what I mean. He he's, is yeah. fully psycho. He's he's not the greatest um, young person. And it's interesting to <laughs> me that they... Well, let, let's just set up the film a bit. So basically, uh, Batman, having found out he was about to become a father, cleaned up all crime in Gotham overnight, which kind of makes you wonder what he was doing for the rest of his life. But we'll but get back to that in a minute. Why didn't he just do that in the first place? If I could clean up all crime in Goth- Gotham, I would simply do that, you know, and not just spiff about for however many years he's been he's been there. Anyway, he has cleaned up all crime in Gotham. Gotham is now a paradise. Everything is well until one Christmas Eve when Batman is called away to deal with uh, strange weather in Nova Scotia. Um, and it appears to be snowing there, which I'm not a I'm not a meteorologist, but I'm pretty sure that's normal weather for December in Nova Scotia. But okay, um, he's called away on Justice League business, and young D 
Damien Wayne is left alone with only Alfred in what turns out to be a, a dramatic night for both the, the Wayne Manor and for Gotham City at large, because wouldn't you know it, some villains have reappeared. <gasps> So eight-year-old Damien Wayne must stop them. Now, this is, a, you're right, this is a really interesting uh, Damien to go for. They haven't just gone for a Robin, you know, they haven't just taken your kind of classic Robin. They've actively gone for the son of Batman. And then there was a discussion, if you if you read about the film, there was a discussion about do we make him a sort of teenager? Do we lean into that Damien Wayne-ness of it? And then they decided, no, let's go for the kind of the purity of the child at Christmas. Shall we, because um, I don't know, I mean, you know I'm, a, I'm a Batman fan, I've read a lot of Batman comics, but I must confess that my knowledge of Damien, Damon Wayans, my knowledge of Damon Wayans is not that great. Mm. So who is he and why, why does he do what he does, Helen? You, you can, you can he, tell me. He is the son of Batman and Talia al Ghul. Right. Um, in most tellings, he was raised by, and it, of course, it's comics, so multiple versions abound, but he was raised by the League of Shadows, by the Al Ghuls, to be an assassin, potentially to replace Batman in some tellings of it, certainly to be a terrible human being, as you alluded to just earlier. Um, and so he comes to Batman in most versions of the story much later in life and uh, does not him have him as a positive male role model in his early years. Now, obviously, this is a different canon. This has Batman raising Damian Wayne from birth. So we can assume that this is hopefully a slightly nicer version of Damian. Yes, I, w- I would hope so, even um, though he is a bit mad. He's very mad. He just desperately wants to be a superhero, which is something we've, I guess, seen played out before. But I did yeah. think it was given kind of an interesting spin here. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought this was a, uh, this was interesting. I, I must confess, you gave me a selection of films to choose from mm-hmm. for my appearance on uh, Bar Humbug, and uh, I discounted a couple of them right off the bat because I, Candy Cane Lane sounded fun. Eddie Murphy. Good, good. Yeah. I hope I'm not pulling back the curtain here too much. Helen. No, no, this is fine. Um, and, you know, I thought I'd heard you guys reviewed on the Empire podcast, which is, you know, our, our day jobs. And I thought it sounds a bit too long and a bit too convoluted. It's very convoluted, yes. So, and you were like, oh, there's a thing called Merry Little Batman. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, what's, it, what's it about? Oh, it's, a, it's an animated movie about Batman's son fending off bad guys in the in the bat mansion like a kind of home alone with with junior batman i was like okay well i hate and despise and fear home alone but this sounds like it could be quite fun and also it can't be any more than what 30 40 minutes uh, it's an hour and a half helen it's a proper it's an hour film, and a half Chris. it's a proper film i didn't realize that this i'll is, be honest i didn't yeah. realize that when i gave it to you because i didn't yet have the screener so That's i okay. i too assumed it was going to be a sort of 40 minute you know still an animated special yeah you know, but like, yeah, I mean, and I do review shorter films here. We're, we're going to be talking about Hannah Waddingham Home for Christmas, which is barely a film. It's more of a, you know, special. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this is a proper movie. It is. And, and I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be much smaller and I just still wanted to cover it because it's Batman. And I thought that was fun. And and I, I agree with you on the home aloneness of it all. I think actually the film is is kind of fun when it leans into that aspect because, as you have talked about on this very podcast and other places before, uh, you know, he is a psycho in Home Alone. And so, he, yes. you know, 
that actually fits quite well. All of the traps that Kevin sets in Home Alone fit quite well with any bat person's skill set, but also with Damien Wayans. Wayans. Oh, you've got me doing it now. Damien yeah, Wayans mindset. So yeah, yeah, it's an apt comparison. And I'm sure it was on their minds. Are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting? What's that? That Bruce Wayne is actually Kevin McAllister's real dad. Look, I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. And Catherine O'Hara is a looker, you know, she could have visited Gotham, you know, gone to a nice bar, met a handsome man, one thing leads to another, Kevin turns up, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I think that 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 dad, John Hurd's dad in Home Alone, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this in the past, he's mobbed up, he's a mob lawyer, there's no way he could afford that house. There's only one conclusion I can possibly draw that Home Alone is actually a stealth Batman tale and that he is not, insert name of character here. No, he's not Batman. He's Harvey Dent. (gasps) He is a crusading lawyer, but he's he's about to fall. He's about to fall from grace and he hasn't yet got the... You know, the one half of his two face, and uh, I think that's that's clearly what's going to happen. I, I, I think I've blown this whole thing wide you open. You have, you've blown this thing all wide open. I mean, I believe in Harvey Dent, so I guess I have to believe in this by the transitive <laughs> property or something. Uh, that that's entirely convincing. But I mean, let's talk about the actual bat dad. Well, the two bat dads in this film. There is the actual human Bruce Wayne, voiced by Luke Wilson, who is not an actor I ever thought I would hear or see playing Batman, I'm going to be honest with you. He's so laid back. He's got such kind of chill energy. Yes. Um, and al- and then also um, we have Bat Dad, which is the sort of the Friday. It's the AI, the Jeeves, the AI in the bat suit. Your man's the church boss. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that bit at least. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, listen, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a perfectly passable way to pass 90 odd minutes. I was just furious about it being 90 minutes long. Um, but it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I got through. And obviously it is a very non-traditional Batman approach. The animation, the animation style, the style of the drawings is all very, very counter to anything we've seen in, in Batman in the past. It's inspired by Ronald Searle, who was a British artist and cartoonist and uh, and he's you know widely widely influential and Americans apparently love him in particular he's a guy who created Centurions oh yeah uh, but you know they, uh, but for some reason his his style of of uh, cartoons has really really crossed over to, into the states uh, and so this is kind of homage to him so right away that tells you that we're not dealing with the the, the style of the animated series or anything previously we've seen Batman animated in. And then you have the voice cast. The voice mm-hmm. cast is, you know, um, you know, perhaps, I don't know whether there is any crossover with previous shows, but I don't think there is. Um, and then, of course, as you say, Luke Wilson, who, if you could give me, if you gave me a piece of paper and a pen and three hours in a locked room and you asked me to write down a thousand people in Hollywood who could play Batman, Luke Wilson would not be on that list. No, no, he wouldn't. I didn't think he'd like, which is not to say he did a bad job. No, good job. At all. Um, Because it is very much a different energy that they're leaning into. This is the retired Batman. He makes a joke about, or he, he mentions going to therapy at one point. So he's kind of working on himself. He's trying to sort himself out and it sort sort of makes sense that he would be a kind of more mellow guy until he obviously needs to not be anymore but I, I thought that was 
Yeah, absolutely. I would never, ever, ever have expected that. Um, even at the start of the film, before I looked at the cast list, I wasn't sure who who I was listening to for a minute or two. So, um, interesting. Yeah, bizarre, yeah. bizarre. And yeah. I, I also loved the. I think you're right about the animation style. I'll be honest. I I do prefer prettier animation at the risk of sounding shallow. And <laughs> shallow, your favorite song from the Star is Born. My favorite song. Yeah. Which, Needs a second verse. Anyway, um, it has a second verse. It has doesn't a second, have a second verse. verse. It absolutely, oh, has a second verse. It's not a second verse. It has a second verse. Look, we're not going to carry. O- we're not going to carry over arguments from the other place. Okay, people have ho- heard us on this topic before, but um, they've heard you be wrong on the other podcast. And uh, you're continuing anyway, that, that that fine streak into this one. You're a monster. My point is, I I do prefer slightly prettier animation styles and in particular for the older characters like Alfred like the penguin he's basically just like some sort of he's he's like like a wart with with, he's like a sentient wart isn't he he is a little bit he is and I just I want better for him I mean I'm very pleased he got James Cromwell voicing him I feel like that is the appropriate level of respect for Alfred But yeah. but the, the the animation style I didn't quite buy into as much. It's interesting that it was pretty much European animated, as far as I can tell. So Gigglebug and Doghead animation, which are I think respectively Finnish and Italian, um, and I did feel like the maybe the the very vertical design of Wayne Manor felt a little bit um, like a like a nod to the animated series. Right. But, but generally speaking, this felt very much like its own beast. I 100% agree. Yeah, its own beast. I mean, I don't know that it's something I'm going to revisit particularly. Uh, I don't think it's going to become a Christmas perennial. It did introduce me to a couple of new Christmas songs. I had no idea mm. that the Kinks had written a Christmas song, for example. Not to Kinks shame anyone, but uh, I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, and that's 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 probably not going on the rotation because I didn't like it very much. But, you know, perhaps in ex- if I expose myself to it uh, oh, no. a little bit more, not, not in that way, not in the sex way, then uh, perhaps perhaps I will enjoy it a bit more. Um, you know, and I, I yeah, it, it made me laugh. It had some nice things in there. I liked when Mr. Freeze showed up, spoiler alert. He was very much a riff on Arnold from Batman and Robin. So you got lots of stuff going on there. There's little throwaway lines and little references to previous Batman adventures or very knowing gags about the the Batman universe that, that made me laugh a lot. But I can't say that I was blown away by it, sadly. Yeah, I guess Bit that's fair. I guess that's yeah. fair. I, I did find it interesting that they have essentially picked up the three Bat villains from Batman and Robin. Like they have the Joker, of course, yes. admittedly, but but Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze and Bane um, for, are pretty much, you know, that is the lineup in Batman and Robin and they have clearly taken inspiration from the design of their characters in that film, um, particularly I, I felt like with Bane. But my God, what a film to reference in any context ever. Uh, I'm still not over how weird that was and it's been 30 years or something. Oh, it's, a, it's a truly, truly terrible film. Uh, it's a, it's a yeah. very bad film. Twenty six yeah. years will be by twenty seven. It's almost thirty years. You know, we're coming we're coming around to that time where in about three four years time, when it's thirty years old, there will be reunion pieces and people will be doing like a kind of oh hey wow actually was Batman and Robin really that bad? There be there be pieces like that. No, it was. It is one of the worst movies ever made, and could quite possibly have sunk the careers of everybody involved. Uh, and perhaps should in certain cases that I won't name, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible film. But can I just say with this one, mm. 
there's a couple of things that's interesting about this. One of the things that's interesting about this is that it is a Warner Brothers animation movie, but it is not debuting on a Warner Brothers platform. It is debuting on Prime Video. And that makes me think that this must have come within a uh, a bat's hair, uh, a bat's hair's width of being sazlaved. I have I have a sneaking suspicion, and I'm very, very glad that it wasn't. Uh, because if you are a movie at Warner Brothers right now, especially if you are an animated movie at Warner Brothers right now, you must be fairly shaky about your chances of actually making it to cinema screens or to people's eyeballs. And so the fact that this one has made it to people's eyeballs, albeit in a uh, non-traditional route, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, I applaud any movie that doesn't get written off as a tax credit or whatever it is. I agree with you. Just just to give a little bit of background there to anyone who who doesn't follow these things as closely as we do, um, David Zaslav, who's head of Warner Brothers, uh, locked several f- near completed or completed films into the vault as tax write-offs said they were absolutely unreleasable and they were just, the studio was going to write them off completely, meaning that they will never be released. Um, and among those was uh, Batgirl, Batgirl, and also was Scooby Doo's is it Haunted Mansion? Scooby Doo Haunted Holiday haunted or Holiday Holiday Haunt Holiday Haunt. Holiday Haunt. That sounds right. Holiday which haunts. is a, a Halloween Scooby Doo yes. feature outing, which again had had apparently you know good good test screenings, good buzz, nearly yeah. complete, nearly completed, very very close. And then there was also the um, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote and Coyote versus Road- Acme. Coyote versus Acme cartoon, yeah. which again. Great buzz, and um, they uh, Warner Brothers decided they weren't going to release, and they were going to sell off to someone else. So it's it has been a series of heads rolling in animation. So you're right; at least we got to see this one. Um, I, I suspect it was cheaper than some of those with respect to this film and with respect to the the animators involved. I think it's probably um, it, the animation feels TV level at times. Um, which is not to say that it's bad. I mean, it's packed with great visual gags. There's there's so many visual jokes in this. It's, it is a very fun watch in that sense. But it doesn't have the kind of polish and the kind of detail and the kind of pacing maybe that you get with with big feature animated projects, I felt. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, and, and while it made me chuckle, I don't know that it ever really properly made me laugh out loud. So Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> you know, but it, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. But uh, I do wonder how this is going to go down with the Batman purists. You know, like a Luke Wilson voice Batman. Luke Wilson, you know, I think by his own admission, sounds like nobody's idea of Batman or how Batman should sound. And he has a beard, for example. And there's, there's That's lots ba- of... This Batman rather than... Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson may also have had a beard when recording. I, I couldn't uh, he hear. He may that. well have had. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Batman's beard. Tally Al Ghul is not in this. Uh, hey. um, Batman's beard is, you know, it's it's a lovely beard. It's a lovely beard. beard. But you know, again, this is a very very different take on on Batman. But I do wonder how the the purists, um, you know, the the pe- people like Amon Warman, for example, um, Amon's going to be spinning in his grave. When he, when he hears about this This, this is movie. not a Kevin Conroy Batman. But look, for those purists, I would simply say this, you know, the, the Joker, um, the film, um, which as you know, Chris, I'm a, just a huge fan of. Huge um, fan. Huge fan. Can't get enough of never watching that again. That was that was sold as an Elseworlds adventure. That was sold as a one-off, not connected to any Batman canon. And I feel like the same is true of this. The fact that Damien Wayne, damn you, I have Damon to think Wayne's. about it every, every time now. Mm-hmm. Damien Wayne 
here has been raised apparently from birth or certainly from infancy by this Batman means that he, you know, he can't be the sort of generally most canonical version of himself. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, they've they've got kind of that as an out, I suppose. I also did love the reference to Tali Al Ghul. So when, when Bruce opens his shirt to show off his scars, which are horrifying, he also has a Talia tattoo on oh. his chest, which I, I thought was fun. That. I didn't catch that. There was a discussion towards the end about super villains and uh, the Joker. And is it, you know, is the Joker super villain or is he just a complicated guy? And, and there's a this discussion where it goes, well, mom's a super villain. Oh no, she's she's complicated, and then James Cromwell goes, she's a complicated supervillain, and uh, you know, listen, James Cromwell is an amazing actor. I'm never one to tell people how to do their jobs, but I think that he put the emphasis on the wrong word in that sentence. If I'm if I'm honest with you, mm. but um, I need to go back and do it again. That's fair. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I do think, I mean, this is getting a little bit into spoiler territory, but honestly, it's not the kind of film I feel like that spoilers no. are a huge concern. Not. The, the fact that the villains team up and the fact that the villains are almost about to have Christmas by themselves as a sort of found family was quite charming. And the film ends with a sort of found bat family Christmas dinner as well. So it's it's kind of, there. there is a there are definite parallels drawn between the heroes and the villains of this one and, and drawn right through the character of Damien, who in his attempts to do the right thing, basically destroys massive amounts of Gotham City, which um, which was kind of funny, if yeah. I'm honest. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. And I like the relationship between him and Bat Dad, mm. uh, so to speak, this kind of AI interpretation of, of Bruce Wayne, uh, who was still terribly possessive and, and uh, overbearing which is a word I think that Dame, Damon Wayans actually uses in this. Uh, and I, I liked that. I liked the fact that it didn't just become Home Alone in the Batmansion. I liked the fact that it got out and it expanded its horizons. And, you know, because I thought that initially the Joker's henchmen, who were clearly the Joker's henchmen, were going to bring the Joker back to the Batmansion and he was going to find out that Batman was Bruce Wayne and it was going to really kick off from there. And of course, it doesn't do that. It brings uh, Damon Wayans to Gotham and and he has a great time. There's a last Boy Scout convention in town. He's he's loving it. And uh, and then it brings the Joker in. And this is a version of the Joker that, you know, visually is pretty wild mm. out there. But in terms of the voice, you know, it's, it's, it's well performed by David Hornsby. I don't know that it's necessarily 
a new take on mm. the Joker. I would have liked it to have maybe pushed the envelope. Like Luke Wilson is a completely and utterly wild choice as Batman. I mean, like I say, a thousand names, a thousand names. I would not write down Luke Wilson. I'd probably write down Owen Wilson before I wrote down Luke Wilson. But um, I would write down Damon Wayans before I wrote down <laughs> Luke he Wilson. Could do, he could but do a decent Batman. He voice, could do a I very think. decent yeah, Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a very very talented actor. But David Hornsby, I just I don't know. It feels like a little bit like a lot of Jokers obviously live in Jack Nich- live action Jokers live in Jack Nicholson's shadow and Heath Ledger's shadow. There's a lot of shadows, but all the better to lurk. Precisely. But in animation, there's really only Mark Hamill, who is unparalleled and amazing. And this felt a little bit like a twist on Mark Hamill's mm. Joker. And I would have liked it to be completely and utterly left field. Mm. Like go for someone that you just would not, like reinvent the Joker. Like what is the Joker when you think about it? What would that person be like? Would they, you know, do they all have to have this kind of, <laughs> kind of, you know, feeling to them? I don't know that they necessarily need to do that. Mm. So I like, I would have liked to have seen something pushed in a different direction with that having said that i liked where it left it it's a it's a christmasy film and we should probably assess its christmasiness but i like the fact that it's the first kind of batman joker piece of content there's a word that would please david saslav that i've seen kind of go you know what What's your deal with the Joker? Why? I mean, you guys, and what's his deal with you? I actually think that you'd be friends and kind of like each other, but you don't want to say it to each other. And, you know, there's a little bit of that in the Dark Knight where, you know. There's a bit of that in um, Lego Batman, actually. Yes. You yes, know, when he, when it, when Batman claims that he's he's fighting around, he's not just fighting one guy, and and clearly the Joker is actually his his one true pairing, at least in terms of, you know, nemesis. I love like he's fighting around. That's a guy exactly that is better on his own than anything in Merry Merry Little Batman. I which I <laughs> you know this is again I'm not here to diss it. I'm not here to denigrate it. I'm not its nemesis. Uh, but I just thought. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. But I like that thing at the end with the the Joker and Batman, and mm. we're going we're going full spoiler. We're going um, full spoiler. We're going full know. spoiler. No one's going to be upset. If you're upset about that, then honestly, take it up with Helen. I apologize. Uh, she invited me onto the show. She knew what she was getting into. I, and, I never um, yeah. remember what I'm getting into. No, but it was nice. It's nice. I, you know, I like the idea that Batman and the Joker don't have to be locked in this endless death spiral, right? They could be friends. There's hope for us all. There is hope for us all. It is Christmas. It's a time of hope and miracles. Helen, you or I, you or I, you and I, in fact, you, both of us, uh, are from Northern Ireland. We are. We are from different sides of the, of the divide, shall we say, and our enduring, and I cannot air quote this enough, friendship wow. is, is, I think, testament to that notion that anybody could be friends with anybody as long as the pay is good enough. I very much see you as the Joker to my Batman. <laughs> so shall we assess the level of Christmasiness here? Um, we do have a visit to Santa Claus. We do have a Santa Claus leading a parade. Um, we do have a gigantic Christmas tree with a lot of presents under it. Yes. We have hot cocoa, Alfred's famous hot cocoa with marshmallows. How famous? I mean, famous within the the company of the two people that he knows, I think. I think he's making this up. 
I don't know. Given his choice of blood sausage and was it jellied eels for jellied breakfast? Jellied eels. I, I'm not sure we can trust his taste buds on on anything like that. If I'm honest, no, we can't. We can't. No. He's he's clearly gone off the boil at some mm. point. There's something there's something wrong about him. Uh, I did really like that sequence, by the way. I know we're talking about Christmas Christmasiness. Can't even say it. I can see now why this is your podcast and not mine. I can't even say Chris. Chris Christmas, Chris, Christmas, Chris, Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. Uh, I like the sequence where Damon Wayans was alone in Gotham and he gets a little bit scared, a little bit paranoid. I thought they were going to bring the scarecrow into it and it goes all black and white. Mm. Almost like a German, a bit of German expressionism for a little bit. And then Alfred appears and he kind of saves the day until he doesn't. I like that bit. But in terms of Christmasiness, Helen, what do you think about this? Okay. Batman, played by Luke Wilson, who of course was 1,000 second uh, choice for the role. Correct. 1,001 people turned it down before he, he said yes. Is a billionaire, right? Okay. Money is no object for this man. Not at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as evidenced by his library, which has one of oh. my favourite jokes was the... Uh, there's a lot of books here about excavating land beneath a mansion. That's very specific. That was very funny. That was um, good. Yes, good joke. But he money is no object to this man. He could he could buy Britain three times over and still have money left, right? Mm. He makes uh, Elon Musk look like Jeff Bezos, uh, right? Confusing. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yep. So we've established he is fat stacks of Benjamins all the way through his house. Bat Benjamins everywhere. Why then does he seem to have bought his son one and only one Christmas present? Ah, uh, no, I took it as he's allowed to open this one present early. I don't think, there's other presents under the tree. It's just that, that mm. is the one that Damien fixates on. We've all been to department stores. We know there's nothing underneath the tree. It's just empty parcels. That's, what, that's, that's all it is. That's not, I mean, that doesn't, but like department stores are not your home, Chris. I don't know how to tell you this. Like, you know, at home, you hopefully have something in the box that's a present for you. But what if you're left at home by alone by your parents every single Christmas? Pretty soon you would start to live in department stores. That's true. No, that, that is fair. Yeah, yeah. Then you probably would have to move into, or at least into your auntie's house across the road from the department store, which is undergoing renovations. So you'd have to slide up <laughs> and down the... Anyway, we're back on Home Alone and we know how you feel about that. But no, I think I think it's a moderate level of Christmasiness here. I'll be honest, I don't think it's overwhelming. You do have a nice Christmas dinner scene at the end. You do have an affirmation of the importance of of family and of, you know, sort of... The thing is, it's superhero virtues here. It's not sort of Christmassy virtues about, you know, joy and charity and caring for other people and, you know, telling other people that you love them and that kind of thing. It's it's superhero virtues of responsibility, taking responsibility, thinking things through, training and being careful and all that kind of stuff. Those are the actual lessons that Damien seems to learn in this film. So it, it has to lose a Christmas point or two for that. Not in a bad way. Obviously, those are good lessons, but they're not specifically Christmassy. Yeah, I don't know. I think those those are very, very good lessons. I think if George Bailey had learned those lessons, I think if, wow. if Kevin McAllister had learned his lessons, we might have been spared uh, the second half of Home Alone. I'm just saying. The fun half. It's the fun half of Home Alone. Is that the fun half? Not if you're siding with Harry and Marv, it isn't. Uh, of, co- of course. I forgot that you do that. Yes. Yeah. Every, uh, every year I watch it, every year I hope this is going to be the year they're going to get him. But no, no, he remains elusive. Mm. He's quite wily like his old man. 
as old man Harvey Dent. So we've established. So we've Harvey, established. Harvey Dent McAllister. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm so confused now about mm. what's going on. My uh, my small niece, you'll be glad to know, uh, they, they tried Home Alone on her the other day. They, they decided, not as in they left her home alone, but they, they you know. <laughs> they flew off to Paris. They, they flew off to Paris and left her. But uh, no, they, they tried showing her the film and she right. demanded it be turned off. Um, yes. After about 10 minutes, she thought How it was scary. She? She's three. Okay. That's not why you should turn off Home Alone. You should turn off Home Alone because it is S-H-I-T. Wow. Well, strong words. And U-N-F-U-N-N-Y. Wow. And B-A-D-L-Y-W-R-I-T-T-E-N and D-I-R-E-C-T-E-D. Now you just lost me. D- oh, wow. Oh, steady. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I'm coming for you, Home Alone. I don't care yes. what podcast I'm on. I, I don't you, care what I, film I I'm discussing. I had you on this podcast before specifically so you could voice all those concerns. I have, I have some notes. Okay. I have notes okay. I didn't get to. <laughs> it's time. I'm coming for you, Kevin. I'm coming <laughs> for you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up. We have discussed the Christmassy oh, levels of the film. I haven't even started the Home Alone 2. No. On this podcast, you and I before <laughs> have discussed your Christmas favourite Christmas film and yeah. your favourite Christmas traditions. Uh, have those, I don't remember, <laughs> have those changed since last time? Yes. What's your favourite Christmas film? Go. Right now, it's Wonka. It's Wonka. That is a lovely answer. Which is a film that obviously doesn't take place at Christmas, but also kind of does. It's, because, yeah. Yeah. It's like Narnia in that place. It's Christmas all year round. I, I We have covered it on this podcast because I've decided unilaterally that it is a Christmas film. I would also like to point out to listeners that Chris, as we speak, is wearing a Muppet Christmas Carol jumper. So... Full points for that. And also, I'm assuming you at some point said Die Hard, and I'm just going to point that out to you. Yes, yes. Uh, Die Hard. Uh, let's see what's on the Christmas rotation. Christmas rotation. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, great movie. Die Hard, Muppet Christmas Carol, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, which is the best John Hughes written film about Christmas that came out between 1989 and 1990. Um <laughs> in which a father tries to provide for his family. Clark Clark W. Griswold gets a lot of flack, right, for being a bad dad. Does he? Yeah, he does. He does. Some some bad stuff went down under his watch. At no point, at no point, did he fly off to Paris and leave behind his son in their massive mansion that he couldn't possibly pay for without some mob money propping it up. Uh, only for that son then to be set upon by two hoodlums patrolling the area. Harvey Dent is a worse dad than Clark W. Griswold, so I'm going to say. Okay, well, yeah, that would also mean that Batman is a bad dad, though, so... Batman's a very bad dad. Wow, strong But he goes off for an altruistic reason. It's not like, you know, uh, what is John Hurt's character's name in Home Alone? I, d- I don't remember. Peter? Is there a Peter? Oh, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. So Peter, because it's an Uncle Frank, right? That dreadful yes. old... Okay. I think it's Peter. I think, I think it's, it's Peter. Peter. So Peter and his wife... Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, no relation. Uh, she, they just forget about their son. They forget about him. Or because he knows too much. He, has, he knows too much about Peter's clandestine mob activity and they know that he's in the witness protection program and his real name is Harvey Dent. He's found this out because of a piece of errant literature that has landed on their doorstep and he's read it. He knows too much. Harry and Marv are killers, 
sent to take out Kevin Dent. Look, this is this is a fascinating shared universe that we're we're clearly going to have to explore in more depth, probably in Arkham Asylum with your therapist. Uh, Yeah, that's where I think I'm, (laughs) I think it's where I'm headed. Chris, for the two people who don't know, I'm optimistically doubling my my listenership there. Can you tell them where they can find more about you? Where can they find more Chris Hewitt? Uh, I think uh, you can probably find me, um, do you want my address? No, I wasn't asking for your address, absolutely. I was asking you to promote yourself. you know where I live. I do know where you live. Yeah, Yeah. you know too much, Helen. You know too much. Just don't send Harry and Marv after me. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Empire Podcast every Friday. Uh, Empire Podcast spoiler specials as well. Most of the time I will be accompanied by Helen as well. But please don't let them put you off. You're a monster. Thank you very much for coming along. I know you're extremely busy at the moment because I'm witness to it in the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But I very much appreciate it. And a Merry Christmas, little Batman, to you. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that sounds alarming. That little Batman is a is a nickname from my my sexual uh, private oh God, parts. No. It's not though. It's not. No, it is. Not. It's not. It's absolutely not. Um, I hope <laughs> it's oh, not. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't indulge in nicknames for for that part of my body. Fantastic. Moving along, keeping it clean. Mary, uh, see, I am keeping it clean on the Emperor podcast. It would be just wall to wall filth. Yeah. There have been F bombs and C bombs and all kinds of things, but I'm, I'm actually keeping it clean here. Anyway, Merry Christmas to you too, Helen. Uh, and thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast, Bahambug. Appreciate it, Chris. You read that beautifully off your hand. Just a reminder to people, thank you for, once again for, for stopping by, but just a reminder that one episode this year is not going to be coming out until January. The holdovers, for reasons that no one can explain, <laughs> is coming out on January 19th. I love so that. So there will be one special episode of Bah Humbug on January 19th or thereabouts. I love that. Just to talk about the holdovers. I'm so sorry. Join me again then. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode of Bah Humbug. Please join us next time for more Christmas movies madness. In the meantime, I've been your host, Helen O'Hara. This podcast is edited by Ben Williams and produced by Kobe Omanaka for Stripped Media. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do rate us with five shiny Christmas stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. But whatever you do, happy holidays! You just heard a stripped media production.